0: 5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and ninety four three, The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates.
1: So uh, tonight is the night we're going to find out whether the American really gets in on some of that money or not, right? Well, we won't ultimately find out. We'll just, we'll find out really how realistic uh, it is. Uh, Welcome in, everybody. We've got game six of the World Series tonight. Boy, I just, from the standpoint of having baseball over, uh, which, I mean, is blasphemy, I know, in these parts. But uh, it's kind of one less thing to worry about. Be nice to have the Braves wrap it up. Plus, it'd be good to see the Braves beat the uh, lying and cheating uh, Astros. Uh, and uh, go ahead and wrap that up and and move on. We've got uh friend of the show, Chip Carey, calls the Braves game for Bally Sports. He'll be on coming up. And uh, we'll talk to Chip about uh, game six of this World Series tonight. Uh, Max Freed, who got Really touched up in his last couple of starts. Uh, Luis Garcia going on short rest, so we'll break down the pitching matchup and what uh, the Braves have to do to win, and uh, I think that's kind of the way to go, right? From the Braves' perspective, plus Chip's a good friend of uh, our program, so excited to have him on. Uh, we've got uh, Dueling Phillips today. The ref, Philip Pilkington's producing, and uh, Chill Phil back in the studio. Great to have him back, and uh, we have... Uh, We have some exciting things coming up uh, here the next uh, few days. Stan Cotton with the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest will be with us tomorrow. They're undefeated. Interested to see where Wake lands tonight in these college football playoff rankings. Is there uh, one of, I think, six schools remaining that uh, have the unblemished mark in FCS or in FBS football? And then uh, I'm I'm anxious to... uh, of course, have Jim Zoki back on right now. He's scheduled to be with us on Thursday. So uh, there is that there. So we've got a, a lot to, to get uh, done here in the next uh, hour of the program uh, this evening. And then uh, all of that coming up. So uh, great to have everybody involved uh, here uh, from the production side today. We've also got uh pirate report coming up. We'll hear from Mike Houston. I think some of the pirate players talked today. Uh, Philip, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but really nobody that we haven't, you know, I mean, I I don't mean it sound like it's about to come out, but I mean, there there were no new players. We've heard from all these players before, correct?
2: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Okay. So I think the idea is we'll just get to some of that later in the week. Maybe tomorrow. uh, Get to that. Um, Already. And I mean, look, tonight is just a made for TV event. I'm not talking about the World Series. I'm talking about the College Football Playoff Selection Show. And uh, right now, all indications are don't be don't be surprised to see Cincinnati outside of the top four. Georgia clearly is number one. I think Georgia is the only real dominant team right now. Uh, Alabama. <sighs> And and I know everybody's all excited and lathered up because Alabama bounced back after losing to A and M and beat two mediocre teams. But they lost. I you know, it's just amazing how we're more worried about who's what the people you have played are doing than more so than what you've done. Now look, if Alabama squared off with Cincinnati, who would win in a one off? Or if they, you know, played five times, ten times, you would think Alabama would be the favorite on paper just because of the talent they have. But Bama lost to an unranked team. Cincinnati so far, every game that they have laying out in front of them, they've won. Uh, You know, Georgia's been impressive. I don't see Georgia stumbling the rest of the way. Interesting that Ohio State is even getting some talk of maybe being just outside or in the top four. got to know that the Big Ten is going to get looked after in this made-for-television event. Uh, So Michigan State, don't be surprised if you see them somewhere in the top four tonight. We mentioned Bama. Again, I think Ohio State's hanging around there. If Cincinnati is anywhere, I think they're going to be number four, if they're anywhere. Uh, And then you'll see Oklahoma, who – Somehow has the longest winning streak in the nation. But, I mean, look, barely beat Kansas, a team that Duke beat. Barely beat uh, Tulane, a team that Cincinnati in the final wash played pretty well uh, against in the second half and defeated. Then you got Wake Forest that, you know, as we mentioned, undefeated. Where's Notre Dame going to be, you know, in all of this? Because last I checked, Cincinnati did beat the Irish on their on their field at their place. And if Cincinnati or if Notre Dame's somewhere in the top ten shouldn't that count for something with Cincinnati? I just you know if you're undefeated at this point and you're ahead of Cincinnati in this thing, I can understand it. I, you know the Michigan State thing they've got an impressive win when they rallied to beat Michigan. that's a that's a great win for Michigan State. I have no issue with them. Uh, you know, and I guess just because they're undefeated, I have no issue with Oklahoma. But if we're going to start putting teams with losses, uh, you know, ahead of uh, teams that have yet to lose, I just kind of wonder what we're, what we're doing here. But look, it's been set up now for two weeks. ESPN has, you know, started to, to lay it out there. I know there was not a – we don't have this clip. I know we don't. I wish we did. But uh, Feinbohr was on one of the talking head deals today. Not his, but one of the other ones. And Adam Gold played it. And, you know, look, I'm. there's some things Adam Gold says. I, I could not be more of a, where is he getting that idea from? Or, boy, that, I just don't agree with that opinion. Not in a disrespectful way, just don't. But one thing that he is spot on is that this is just an exercise in foolishness tonight. Uh, and and it, it's going to come across at least in its initial airing as fraudulent because how can you how can you possibly have potentially Alabama and and Ohio State you know ahead of teams like Cincinnati and Oklahoma especially Bama now we'll know a little more when Michigan State and Ohio State play in a few weeks. Oklahoma is 9-0. and Oklahoma's got, uh, we, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Tough one at Baylor this weekend. Tough one at Oklahoma State. You know, the Cincinnati thing, they won against Indiana. Philip, was that a road game? What do you guys Google that? And,
2: I'm 99% it sure it was yeah. a road game, but Google, I'll look it up.
1: Google it, and, yeah, Google it and confirm that. We know they won at Notre Dame. They handled Tulane where Oklahoma did not. Still beat them, but just you know, Cincinnati kind of handled them where Oklahoma came down to the final minute or so.
2: That Indiana game was on the road. Yeah, you
1: know, at this point, Cincinnati, and then everybody all of a sudden is kind of poo-pooing the fact that, well, they're not gonna they're gonna play an SMU team that's a ranked team. I, you know, I just, I think, yeah, SMU is pretty darn good. They got beat by a pretty decent, you know, team that is uh, out there in, in Cincinnati, in uh, Houston. I I don't know. I I just, I think it'll be, if if Cincinnati shows up at four, no way that they're in. Cincinnati's at three, maybe. Cincinnati's at two, they're a lock. If they're at five, they I think they have a better chance of making the top four if they're at the number five slot than they would be potentially if they were at number four. If they're at number four, it's fate complete; They will not be, and they'll be in a New Year's Six Bowl. But If they're at five, they still could move up because a lot could happen in front of them. So in some ways, Cincinnati's probably better off with a chance to move up tonight. But that committee is so weird. Uh, something we haven't really talked about in a few weeks, just because it really doesn't impact ECU anymore. And that is what's going on with realignment. Conference USA is on life support right now. Uh, Reports that Western Kentucky and middle Tennessee are likely to go to the Mac and could be announcing their intention to leave as early as this week. Of course, you got JMU headed to the Sunbelt. Very, very likely. We got ODU. We got, uh, Marshall, and we got Southern Miss already there. Conference USA is trying to hang on as that eighth member. Or hang on to find an eighth member, I should say, uh, to meet the NCAA requirement, you know, to stay as an FBS school. Uh, Liberty and New Mexico State, plus out of the FCF ranks, Sam Houston, who were the FCS national champs last year, and then Jacksonville State, reportedly getting ready to move to Conference USA. And so the eighth member is going to wind up either being UConn as a football only, and now there's some reporting that it could even be UMass, who's an independent. I would guess that's football only as well. Uh, Dennis Dodd, our friend, he's been on the show, talked about a grace period in reporting that he did for a couple of years to retain FBS membership if it falls below uh, eight members. Um, and then you're not qualifying at the FBS level. You got FIU, you got Louisiana Tech. You feel awful for Skip Holtz right now, and then UTEP is actually having a really good year. Uh, The additions of Sam Houston to New Mexico State, that really makes sense uh, there. You know, Liberty does give you that East Coast presence for what it's worth. Uh, as far as FIU goes. And, I, and look, I don't think Liberty cares if they were the only East Coast team in the conference. And then we'll see what happens, of course, with uh, whether it's UConn or UMass. But Conference USA is holding on by a threat at this point. Uh, so that's kind of where that is right now. Uh, really awful news out of uh, Las Vegas today. Henry Ruggs, uh, the Raider star apparently involved in a fatal DUI accident. He's going to be charged reportedly with driving under the influence, uh, resulting in death. And uh, NFL's released a statement. This is all very preliminary. Last report a couple of uh, hours ago. But some of the pictures from this and the videos from this, I mean, this car, one of the cars that was involved bursting into flames, um, just – just a really, really uh, terrible deal in Las Vegas, and this reportedly happened around 3.30 this morning, uh, Vegas time. So, you know, that had been about 20 to 7 East Coast time. Uh, we've got uh, local volleyball tonight. Going to hear from uh, Philip on that as Rose and Conley continue to uh, make their way through. Uh, we'll talk World Series with uh, the great Chip carry coming up here in a couple of minutes. From Bally's, that uh, scheduled for some time at or around the bottom uh, of the uh, hour. And uh, when we come back, we'll have our uh, pirate report with Mike Houston. Uh, we're gonna give away a pair of tickets to the ECU Temple game this weekend. Philip, you ready to take all that information down and get it to the correct sources?
2: Yeah, you look I am. ready.
1: I'm just, I'm just confirming with you orally, but you look ready. You and Jill look ready. Uh, you want, what do you want to do? Chill, what do you want? Caller what? What number? 252-561 Call game. Number seven. 252. Caller 7. All right. 252. A little bit of a high number, but that's all right. 252-561 game. 252-561-4263. If you're caller 7, uh you'll get a pair of tickets to this uh weekend's ECU Temple game on 94 3 The Game. will give them uh give you those tickets, get you set up hook you up absolutely free. So Caller 7 will win a pair of tickets to the game this weekend, 3 o'clock kick against Temple. We'll come back. We'll hear Coach Houston's thoughts going into that. Of course, we had him on the Houston Huddle yesterday, a special edition. So if you missed that or tuned in today expecting that, uh, you can go to the podcast to pick that up. 94.3 thegame.com is where that is uh, located right now. Timeout, return, Houston uh, comments on our pirate report, and we'll tell you about our winner of our tickets you could be the winner if you're caller seven at 252-561-GAME 561-4263 it is the patrick johnson show tuesday
3: more of the patrick johnson show is coming up
0: on your flagship home of pirate basketball 94.3 the game
3: we paid how much for those lessons
0: she's doing great
3: oh yeah totally uh can you pass me a pepsi zero sugar Great job, honey! Oh, oh, look at that, that's not the end. No way, now it's time for the encore. You know what, you're right. Five times,
0: not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised
4: enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar, that's what I like.
3: Here is your ice cold Pepsi Zero Sugar, sir. Oh, thanks.
5: For a casual and relaxing dining experience, look no further than Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. Locally owned and operated by David and Kelly Munoz, Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern offers a wide variety of appetizers, soups, salads, and entrees. With specialty mixed drinks and a great selection of craft beers. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 4 until 10. Or call 227 4399 main and mill oyster bar and tavern in downtown winterville
0: i'm with my health insurance agent bill jenkins bill is an employee benefits specialist and life insurance agent from town insurance bill give us an update on town insurance here in north carolina town insurance is a top insurance and employee benefits agency in north carolina and ranks in the top 50s nationwide We have primary offices in Greenville, Kinston, Wilmington, Raleigh, and now Charlotte. And Bill, what are areas Town Insurance specializes in? With our experienced account management team, we specialize in employee benefits, including group medical, dental, life, vision, disability, and voluntary options for employees. We compare these options with several of the best carriers in the market, and assist businesses on benefit administration, as well as employee education and enrollments. And how can a business best contact you to review their employee it's benefits program? Give us a call, 252-756-8300. One of the call most today insane as the best walk-off time is now wins to you will see. To down. The Jolly Roger has set safe. He breaks a
3: tackle, he's in the 10 to the 5, he's in, touchdown Pirates!
0: Pirates football. At the is back. Picked up by the Pirates, and it's a touchdown for ECU. Tune in for all the hard-hitting action all season long on your home for East Carolina football.
3: The flagship for the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game.
0: And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 3 The Game.
1: They're uh, holding the Purple and Gold World Series this weekend. Friday, 3.30, 10.50, Saturday. 12 noon, Sunday are your times. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, All right. Today's Pirate Report is brought to you by... Mighty Key doing car care right, Flatland's Jessup Insurance Group. When you're ready to talk about insurance protection, call Flatland's Jessup Insurance and buy Time Financing. Need money fast? Time Financing is your personal loan specialist. Time Financing, two dozen locations in North Carolina. All right, uh, Pirates of Temple on the grid Saturday, three o'clock. This is uh, Coach Mike Houston talking about the win last Thursday over USF.
4: You know, obviously a big win for our program uh, at home last Thursday night, Uh, national TV. uh, Really excited about the way the players played. uh, Excited about the way our our team responded after halftime. Uh, Came out and uh, played very, very well the last two quarters and uh, got a big home victory. Uh, Just really, really appreciate the student body. You know, what a great uh, turnout from from the student body, you know, they were they were here tailgating whenever whenever we got here and you could you could tell that they were in, you know, pretty energetic form. And uh so they certainly brought that energy into the stadium and the bone yard was rocking as good as I've seen it since I've been here. So, I uh, really appreciate them because they brought a lot to the game day environment last Thursday night and and would love to have them back out in you know those kind of numbers uh, here this Saturday what is a a very big uh, game for our program.
1: Um and then uh, let's see here Uh, my screen there we go the screen has come back up Uh, coach Houston talked about uh, the depth that the pirates have accumulated on defense
4: well I mean I think it's something that we've had to do a good job of you know just really you know continually talking to our players about but you know when you look at you know my other stops when we had some really great defenses at other schools we always had you know good numbers and we always had the ability to rotate guys uh, and I think it really shows up in a, in a second half of a ball game the other night, second half of a ball game down in Houston, uh, you know, when you can, you can have fresh guys on the field. You know. you know, in the first half, you know, some of the players come off, they're like, well, I'm not tired right now. Well, no, you're not. We want you to be fresh in the fourth quarter. Um, and so I think it's really – it's allowed us to play with a lot of intensity and play really, really hard for a sustained four quarters.
1: And uh, Mike Houston on today's Pirate Report talked about the Owls. They're huddling up, so they're not playing that tempo. They're huddling up. This is uh, this is Mike Houston's thoughts on that old-school tactic employed by the Owls.
4: Virtually everybody is you know, no huddle and a lot of teams we've seen so far this year have been really tempo, up-tempo teams. You know, and Temple, you know, is very deliberate with the way they run their offense. You know, they've got You know, a bunch of older guys up front on that offensive line, I think three grad students, a senior and a junior, all experienced guys. They have a big back back there in the backfield. Um, You know, they have a dual-threat quarterback. You know, they got all those tight ends that they use. And so, you know, they're going to take their time. They're going to give us a ton of different formations, a lot of different motions, uh, you know, trying to get our guys out of position. And they're going to try to take the ball and shove it down our throat.
1: And then, uh, coach talked about the play of his quarterback, Holt Naylor's.
4: Well, I thought he played well. Uh, you know, his past Thursday night, particularly with decision making, um, and you know, I thought he did some things that we've been, you know, tr- encouraging him to do. I thought he did some some things where he didn't he didn't force things. He kind of took what was there. Uh, I thought he did a great job job of uh, using his feet. Uh, you know. Things break down, you know, quarterback scrambles, you know, made several big plays right there. I thought he did a good job understanding some situations in the ball game. So, you know, I, I, that, that's the guy that we need to be successful. Uh, that's it, and he understands that. Um, you know, if I can keep him just really dialed in to just, you know, what's happening inside of our building, what's happening inside of his, his meeting room, and then taking that out to the practice field and then taking that practice field to the game field, I think that's the real key to success.
1: And uh, on today's Pirate Report, uh, we have uh, Coach Mike Houston talking about winning the turnover battle.
4: It's a big goal of ours each week. You know, we don't have a whole lot of team goals, but one of the main ones is winning the turnover battle. And You know, nothing's more glaring than last Thursday night. You know, we have a couple of turnovers there in the first half that uh, led to South Florida scores and really gave them the momentum, Uh, and then, you know, look in the second half, And, uh, you know, it was a a big turnover, the pick six by Malik that put us ahead for good. And then it was a couple of turnovers, you know, there in the fourth quarter that really sealed the ball game.
1: And uh, coach on the progression of audio Matosho.
4: Well, I mean, I think he's one that you look back at the season and he's, he's, you know, progressed every single week. And I think a lot of his confidence, I think uh, his work ethic is paying off. Uh, you know he's he's one that we've talked about for you know about two years now. Just how hard he's worked to develop his body, develop his hands, to develop his route running. Um, so I think that that hard work's paying off. I think the confidence he has in himself uh, is making him you know continue to allow him to play better and better each week.
1: And uh, let's see here, final uh, cut on today's use on uh, today's pirate report. Uh, this is uh, the potential addressing the potential red shirts.
4: You've got you've got a couple that have been injured uh, that are coming back that you'll see us start to work in that you know it's just when are they going to be ready? Uh, but uh, you know you'll see some guys here in the last four games that maybe you haven't seen all year. Um, you know you're going to see some guys that maybe don't play here in the last couple of games uh, if we think that uh, we can we can we can and should redshirt them, uh, and that's the whole thing is especially the COVID stuff. It's you know, how realistic is it for a kid to be here six years if he's young? It's different if you're an older guy, you know, and you got one more year of college football to play. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really a – it's a deal. I look at it – I've looked at it for like about the last three weeks. I look at a report every Sunday of how many games kids have played in. And you're weighing, you know, how much are they going to play? What is their impact on winning and losing each week? Uh, what is best for their development?
1: All right. Uh, comments from Mike Houston. Today's uh, ECU Pirate Report. Uh, winner of our tickets earlier was Brett in Greenville. Thanks for listening, Brett. We appreciate it. Congratulations, guys. We'll uh, get you sh- hooked up and uh, all straight uh, with that. Uh, back in uh, on this day uh, or around this day in 2014, the first ever college football poll was released. Any guess who number one was, guys? In that poll,
2: I think it was Bama
1: okay uh it was an sec school it was not alabama
2: was that one of the the year that like mississippi state or ole miss or somebody like that was there really there you good? go
1: mississippi mississippi state was number one florida state was number two auburn was three and ole miss was four oregon was five bama was six and then he had tcu look how that thing has changed uh seven michigan state Eight, kansas state was nine notre dame was 10 georgia 11 arizona 12 B- baylor 13 hang on arizona state 14 nebraska 15 ohio state 16 utah in the Pac 12 at that point 17 oklahoma was 18 then you had lsu 19 west virginia 20th do you have any idea who number 21 was not a clue clemson Wow. UCLA was 22. 25 was Louisville. Number 23 and 24. Do you have any guess who 23 and 24 were?
2: I'm going to throw Boise in State in ball. there somewhere. Okay. and then, You're wrong. Um, maybe another ACC mediocre team, yeah. like a pit.
1: Well, close. Duke was 24 at the time. Wow. And, and ECU was 23rd.
2: I do have to say, though, I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but out of those teams that were in the top four, I believe only Florida State made it to the college football playoff that year because the other teams I know, Ohio State State snuck in, and I believe Bama was in as well. Right. And uh, maybe Oregon was the other team. Let's see if you're right about that. Hang
1: on. My fingers aren't working today. As I Google this, always exciting to listen to someone Google, right? Um, I'm going to look that up and, and confirm here because the article, well, here we go. Bama, Oregon, Florida state, Ohio state. You're right. Baylor and TCU. Boise did wind up in the group of five ranked, uh, team that year.
2: Yeah. They played Arizona in the Fiesta bowl and beat them. I don't remember what the score was.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Let's uh, we got Chip Carey coming up here in a minute. We want to talk to him about Game Six tonight. Lots to talk about with baseball. So excited about that. Uh, let's uh, let's get a update on everything going on locally and beyond. Uh, here is uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington with that, and then we will uh, get into uh, Chip Carey joining us uh, here on the PJ Show. Uh, what you got for us, Ref?
2: Thanks, Patrick. Phillip Pilkington here with your ninety-four-three, The Game Sports Update. We're going to start in local sports as two local volleyball teams will be playing in the state semifinals tonight. Both those games are at 6 o'clock at neutral sites. Rose will take on Cedar Ridge in 3A volleyball semifinals, where in the 4As, Conley looks to defend their title, even though they won it at the 3A level last year. They will also be playing tonight at 6. They take on green level. From the NFL, the trade deadline has passed. The biggest news of the day being that Deshaun Watson was not traded. However, Steelers did make a move as they traded Melvin Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs for a sixth round pick. In other NFL news, Washington has put their center Chase Rullier on IR with a fracture in his lower leg. Derrick Henry will need foot surgery. No timeable return for the Titans star running back. Henry Ruggs has been charged with a DUI after an accident early this morning, which caused a death. And from the Carolina Panthers with Sam Darnold in concussion protocol and P.J. Walker, the only other QB on the current roster, the team has signed Josh Love to their practice squad. The second-year player out of San Jose State has never thrown an NFL pass. From college football, former USC head coach Clay Clay Helton has agreed to be the next head coach of Georgia Southern. No details on that deal when this was looked up. And Tuesday night, Maction gets underway tonight. Akron hosts Ball State, Ohio hosts Miami of Ohio, and Toledo hosts Eastern. Michigan lately, quarterback Holton Aaahlers has been a little up and down, but he played pretty good last Thursday night. Here's what Coach Mike Houston said about it earlier this morning.
4: Well, I thought he played well, uh, you know, this past Thursday night, particularly with decision making. Um, and you know, I thought he did some things that we've been you know, tr- encouraging to do. I thought he did some some things where he didn't he didn't force things. He kind took what was there. Uh, I thought he did a great job of uh, using his feet.
2: In college hoops, Ole Miss has given coach Kermit Davis a four-year deal. The details of the deal have not yet been released. From the Premier League, Tottenham Hotspur has hired Antonio Conte as their new manager. The former Italian international won the Premier League title as the manager of of Chelsea back in 2017. From NASCAR, Kyle Busch will have to participate in sensitivity training in the offseason after using the R-word in a post-race interview on Sunday when talking about competitor Brad Kinslowski. He is the second driver in the last year to have to go through this sensitivity training for use of the same word tonight game six of the World Series from Houston the Braves look to close out the series but they will have to do it without their utility man enter and as he has been placed on the paternity list and the Braves will have activated Johan carp Camargo tonight's matchup will be max freed against Luis Garcia that'll do it for your 943 the game sports update and more about that World Series matchup with Mr. Carey after this timeout.
0: The pitch. More of the Patrick Johnson show is coming up. That ball is gone. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball.
1: 94-3, the game.
0: The Jolly Roger has set sail.
1: Breaks a tackle. He's in the 10 to the 5. He's in. Touchdown, Pirates.
0: Pirate football.
2: At the 18-yard line. And the Pirates. Locked. block
0: Is back. Picked up by the Tune in for all the hard-hitting action all season long on your home for East Carolina
3: football. The flagship for the ECU Pirates. 94-3,
2: The Game.
5: Greenville Awning and Canopy wants you to be able to go outside without all the aggravation from outdoor pests. In addition to their custom awnings for your home or business, Greenville Awning and Canopy now offers screening services for your porch or deck. Call today to schedule your free estimate with Greenville Awning and Canopy. 252-752-1261. That's 252-752-1261. Whether you're looking for a new awning or screened-in deck, Greenville Awning and Canopy has got you covered.
0: LS Cable and System USA in Tarboro is looking for you. Sean Smith explains what they do. We make power cable from commercial, industrial to residential. So we make the power cable that would carry power into this convention center or into your neighborhood homes or into a shopping mall or into the factory that you might work in. With your high school diploma and career readiness certification, they'll train you in an operator's position. Other positions include quality inspectors, mechanics, and engineers. Search LS Cable and
3: System USA and click on Career. Golden Corral on Greenville Boulevard is now open. Serving all your Golden Corral comfort food favorites like fried chicken, pot roast, steaks, fresh vegetables, and awesome desserts. Don't miss their weekend features like Catfish Fridays, ribs every Saturday, and specialty carved meats on Sundays. Make game day extra special with a hot and hearty big breakfast or build a wholesome tailgate feast of Golden Corral entrees, sides, and desserts. drive through pickup and delivery available open daily for lunch and dinner breakfast every weekend. and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk free call right now. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Hot! Is your pharmacy fumbling when it comes to customer service, prescription fills, compounding, medical equipment, and enteral intravenous therapy? Perhaps it's time for you to allow HealthWise Pharmacy to score a touchdown in regards to your pharmaceutical needs. Locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker, HealthWise Pharmacy puts you and your health first. Offering top-of-the-line customer service, individual attention, and free prescription delivery to anywhere in Pitt County. HealthWise Pharmacy, 615B Memorial Drive in Greenville.
5: By U.S. Cellular, we can help everyone stay connected for less. And less also means more, as in more choice. Right now, you choose any phone and we make it free. Plus, get unlimited data for $30 a month with four lines. U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Terms apply to uscellular.com for details.
0: Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 years. People found out about our free delivery service and they love the ease of getting a new phone, tablet, or hotspot. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 so you can start experiencing the joy of never going to a wireless store again. 252 799 7051. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. cellular authorized agent.
1: Here at the PJ Show, we have learned that game six of the World Series is scheduled for tonight. It is uh, Houston taking on Atlanta in Texas. Chip Carey, friend of the show, voice of the Atlanta Braves on Bally's Sports Net uh, in uh, Atlanta. Uh, Chip, what a series so far. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us as well.
6: Happy to be with you. It should be a fun night tonight.
1: It should be. All right. Uh, Who's in the catbird seat here?
6: Uh, Well, I think it depends on who you ask. Uh, If you're Houston, you feel great that you've got the series back home. You've got your home crowd behind you. Uh, And you've got a little momentum after uh, taking game five of the World Series. However, uh, the Braves look at it. Uh, Houston's got to use their starter on short rest, a bullpen game, if it gets to game seven. And the Braves have a rested bullpen, and one of their co-aces, Max Freed and Ian Anderson, lying in wait for six or seven if it gets that far. So, uh, look, I know I'm biased, but I think the Braves have a great chance here and a great shot tonight to, to wrap this thing up. But it all starts with Max Freed, who, frankly, has to pitch better than he has in his last 2 postseason starts in the offense you know, you get a couple runs early, you got to keep adding on against that good offense in Houston. But it should be a fun, entertaining game, and hopefully at long last we'll be able to pop some corks later on this morning.
1: Yeah, it's uh, been a while in Atlanta uh, since that has happened, and, and I know you'd be excited about that uh, as well. Uh, extra rest for Max Fried, good thing?
6: Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think it showed. Max's uh, first two starts of the postseason were brilliant. Absolutely terrific. Uh, his last two, not so good. I think 11 runs and 13 innings, that's not like him. Uh, he worked on some mechanical things in his bullpen side. Just was rushing to the plate, which led to arm side problems, which leads to him having the ball up and not the command and control that we're so used to. And obviously he then gets hit. Uh, but yeah, anytime this time of year, you can get guys extra rest, get them ready. Uh, you now this is the game of life for Max Freed. He's always dreamt of an opportunity like this. And I think, uh, the Braves feel very confident that he can come out and pitch and give them five, six innings. I know that sounds almost heretical to say in today's era of bullpenning, <laughs> right. uh, but Max Reed can go out and be Max Reed and keep the Braves in the game, get out of the first inning without any damage, let the offense get, get, get to work and, and play baseball. Uh, I, again, as I said, I know I'm biased, but I think the Braves have an excellent, excellent chance tonight.
1: Voice of the Braves on TV, the great Chip Carey joining us uh, here on the program. Braves Astros tonight. With Atlanta a three games to two lead over Houston, it'll be game six of the World Series. Fox it starts at like midnight. 8.09 is the official first pitch time. Um, All right, so let me ask you, uh, it's really kind of flipped, and you just illustrated it beautifully there. I mean, it's now rested starters for the Braves, and it's all hands on deck for the Astros as as far as the bullpen goes.
6: Yeah, for two days in a row, if it gets that far for Houston. Look, that's that's the nature of the game now. Uh, look, they're, they're without Lance McCullers Jr. Uh, he's one of the game's bright young stars, and uh, that's a big loss for them. The Braves are without Charlie Morton. Morton would have started Game 5 here in Atlanta. Instead, the Braves had to go with their back-to-back bullpen games. Uh, I don't know if this is a result of uh, going from a 60-game to a 162-game season mm-hmm. or all the work that these guys have piled up leading up to the playoffs. Um, but you know, whatever it is, there's been just an absolute massive attrition rate among starting pitchers among playoff teams. And it's unfortunate. I hope that uh, as the game moves forward, that we'll, uh, find ways to keep the starters in the game more frequently. I'm a guy that loves seeing Tom Glavin face, uh, uh, Carlos Baerga for the third time in a, in a World Series game. I mean, that's, that's how I grew up. Not saying it's better or worse, but that's something I truly enjoyed that chess game. Now, when you see four different pitchers and four at bats, it's like a pinch hit appearance every time up. There's very little flow to the game, and it really becomes a game of strategic, stratego and, and matchups. Um, you know, that's, that's not as entertaining to me as it is going mano a mano uh, but yeah, for the Braves, like like, like I said, Freed's ready on regular rest. The Braves' bullpen ready and regular rest. You know, the, the game plan's pretty simple: get Freed as deep as he can, yeah. and then unleash Winter and Matzik and Jackson and Smith, and uh, see if you can get the 27th out and win the last game you play.
1: This is uh, Luis Garcia going tonight. Uh, only the second time in his entire uh, career of, of I think 34 starts, he's going to be going. That's regular in postseason that he's going on short rest. So you've seen, we've seen, we've seen this blow up at times, but we've also seen more season pitchers kind of know how to pitch on that short, in that short rest situation effectively. So to me, that's also pretty interesting early on tonight to watch that with Garcia.
6: Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, we, we, he's starting the game, but let's face it—tonight, tomorrow, it's going to be a bullpen game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to—it's all hands on deck for Houston. You know, Garcia is going to go as long as he can, and the moment he gets into any kind of serious trouble, Dusty Baker will have no choice but to go to his bullpen because they have to win two games. The Braves only have to win one, um, so you're going to have, in, in the case of Houston, an extremely short leash. Uh, the leash might be a little longer for Max Freed. But it is a cautionary tale. I heard a stat this morning on the MLB Network. Teams that were down 3-2 in a World Series that come back to get a tied 3 3 have gone on to win the World Series six out of eight times that that's happened. So uh, this is not a must-win for the Braves, uh, but obviously you don't want to get to Game 7. You've got your best guy going, your most experienced guy going. Uh, the time is now for Atlanta, and hopefully uh, it's up to the guys to go out and get it done against a Houston team that's played great with a really good offense with a deep bullpen. But a bullpen that's had to be used a lot, and that's something the Braves, I think, factor in as an advantage tonight.
1: It was a lot of fun, too, to see big crowds in the postseason fired up in Atlanta. Boy, that was a lot of fun, was it not?
6: Uh, it was awesome. Uh, I think that's the big difference between the run the Braves made last year and this year and last season. Obviously, because of COVID and the neutral sites and the like, there wasn't nearly the same atmosphere or excitement. Uh, all of us had to watch uh, from afar. We're still not traveling, uh, but hopefully that will change next year. But yeah. that said,
5: yeah.
6: uh, you, know, you get forty thousand people in the ballpark and another twenty thousand people outside the ballpark cheering and groaning and throwing beer and having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with every good play that happens. Uh, that's what that's for. Those of us who who feed off the crowd and love that kind of energy, it really was a wonderful spectacle. And they've opened up the ballpark tonight. Fans can come in and, and watch the games on the. Uh, uh, the big screen in center field, they'll have the concession stands open. They'll oh, have good. mid-inning entertainment and all the like, so there'll be a giant watch party tonight, and hopefully they'll have something big to celebrate.
1: You mentioned uh, or referenced Dusty Baker a couple of uh, moments ago in one of your answers. Chip Carey, by the way, uh, Braves announcer on Bally Sports, does their television. Uh, Chip, uh, you know Dusty Baker quite well. Um, so what does this do for the Dusty Baker legacy should Houston not win, or, or does it harm it any at all, or does it just feed into the narrative that he couldn't get the big one?
6: Nah, I don't think that. I, I don't buy into that narrative. Look, uh, Dusty Baker has taken five different teams to the playoffs. He's managed a long time. He was a terrific player in his day. He gets the most out of his players, and uh, uh, all that the Houston organization brought upon itself, he was the guy that was asked to come and deflect some of that, sort of guide them through this transitional period, and he's done that in a brilliant way. Uh, Look, uh, I didn't agree with everything Dusty did when he and I were together with the Chicago Cubs, but that wasn't my place. Uh, I will say this, that as a manager, as a tactician, as a motivator, uh, as a player's manager, there are very few as talented as he. I consider Dusty a friend. I'm really proud of what his career has done and what he's done for the game of baseball. Uh, You know, he's, you know... (laughs) you're a manager of Major League Baseball. All you can do is put your guys in the best position to be successful and they either get it done or they don't. And I think that Dusty Baker, as long as he's managed and wherever he has managed, has been able to do that in a remarkable way. And as far as I'm concerned, he's a Hall of Fame manager and he deserves that kind of consideration as long as he's been around. And the job he's done, look, he. He had nothing to do with uh, the trash can gate scandal in Houston, but right. every time he, you know, uh, goes on the field, he's got to hear about it and answer those questions and try to deflect that from his team. And uh, Dusty's been able to do that, whether it's in Houston or in other places, and uh, that in and of itself, in today's media frenzy world, uh, is worthy of accolade. And as I said, I think he's a Hall of Fame manager, and hopefully, when he uh, hangs them up, he'll give that kind of consideration.
1: Eddie Rosario's been uh, unbelievable. Certainly at the plate, made a great catch uh, in one of the games in Atlanta. Uh, he's just been fabulous. Um, so obviously has to continue what he's been doing. But who else has to come along for the ride tonight offensively?
6: We got to get Ozzy Albies going. I think Ozzy in this World Series has hit one ball over 100 miles an hour. One. Uh, he's not throwing to that well. He's always going to the plate. A lot of ground balls. A lot of soft contact. Ozzy Albies is a run to on this team. And ozzy has got to get going. I think Dansby Swanson has to be better at the plate. I think his lack of offense, the home run the other night, notwithstanding, has affected him defensively. He has not been all that uh, smooth at shortstop. He mm-hmm. made a critical error at one of the games. He bobbled the ball earlier. There was the Rosario Swanson kind of mixed up in left field in one of the games. Uh, and I'm not just pointing out Dansby. I think uh The bottom line is, whether it's or Dansby, or Freddie Freeman, or our pitching staff, you have to play a clean game if you both want to beat good teams. And in a couple of these games, the Braves haven't done that. They've gotten away with it a time or two. They didn't in Game 5. And uh, for the Braves to to knock off Houston, you you can't give up walks and you can't give up errors. I think the Braves gave up six walks, a couple of them intentional, one error, and that scored four runs. They lose the game by four runs. So Mm -hmm. you want to beat Houston, or if Houston wants to beat the Braves, can't make mistakes, can't walk people, have to attack the strike zone, have to make them put it in play. And for the Braves offensively, again, with Ozzie and Danby for me at the top of that particular list, they've got to put the ball in play and hit the ball the other way if that's what's given them. And making uh, consistent contact, not striking out, advancing runners, cashing in those run scoring opportunities when you can add on, that will be critically important, not just tonight, but game seven if it gets that far. Yeah.
1: Uh, Chip, what is Freddie Freeman's future ultimately in Atlanta?
6: Well, I hope he signs. I hope he's back. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm not privy to any of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Alex Andopoulos, I think, is really a, uh, a covert guy that works for the NSA because everything is top secret with him. Uh, <laughs> look, he is, he, he's going on record as saying the Braves want the player, and the player wants the Braves. So I think all of us are confident that, or at least hopeful, I'm confident maybe the wrong, we're hopeful that the two sides will come to an agreement. But you never know what drives those conversations. You know, does Freddie want to, does Freddie want to stay in Atlantic? He said he has. Uh, do the Braves want to keep him? Yes. Are they going to pay him what his market value is? I don't know. And I don't really know what that market value is. So as I said, someone watching from the outside, I'm not privy to conversations. I am surprised that it hasn't happened yet. Uh, and as you know, the closer a player gets to free agency, the more you have to worry and wonder what someone else might offer him. And quite honestly, with the year Freddie Freeman has had, I can't imagine that the price tag has gone down. I would think it's gone up, and if it's a world series, the same is going to be true. So, uh, look, ultimately, those are conversations between Freddie and his representation and his family and Braves, and hopefully there'll be a meeting of the minds, and if there is, fantastic. If not, um, that would be sad, but uh, I think the Braves feel very confident that they're going to be good for years to come, and hopefully Freddie Freeman will be a part of that, but if not, you have no choice but to Strap it on and pedal your bike straight through and, and, and see where uh, where that journey will take you. But I think we're all hoping, obviously, that Freddie's back.
1: Chip Carey, Bally Sports uh, with the Braves uh, on the line with us. Your Braves will, will try for the first World Series in 26 years uh, tonight at Houston in Game 6 of the World Series. The average price uh, of, you know, I guess a free agent signing or of a new contract has kind of gone down Um uh, and that's maybe at the heart of the labor dispute. It all comes down to, to money. Do you, how do you see things shaking out here in the next month or so? I mean, are we headed towards some form of a lockout?
6: Probably, but, you know, it's, it's a formality. Uh, I was reading a story in The Athletic today. You know, the, the players use a strike to try to demand their terms. Owners use a lockout to try to get the players to demand their terms. In a way, that's kind of, a I guess, a, a, a labor uh, formality rather than a um, uh, guarantee of an end result. I'm glad that they're talking, both sides. I'm glad that we're not hearing about it because that's always good news. You don't want to negotiate this stuff in public. We saw the ugliness of that during the yeah. COVID debate last year during the playoffs in the World Series. Uh, look, these are two sides that have very different economic agendas. The players want young players to the major leagues as fast as they can, and they want them to be paid as best they as, as much as they possibly can. Owners, uh, quite frankly, are just like all of us who own our uh, operate our own economies. I'm sure many of us could afford to have five cars. <laughs> most of us don't because we like to eat um and so you know owners want to owners running a business want to get the most value for the least amount of money and that's yeah. that's been inherent in the sport in our sport every sport every economic situation since the dawn of time uh i hope that in my own personal feeling whatever the decisions are are made going forward that people look out for the game and look out for the fans yeah because I think the last thing anybody wants to stomach in this era of COVID is billionaires arguing with millionaires over uh, these uh, infinitesimally, infinitesimally small pieces of the pie that ultimately the fans pay for, and um, I believe that the interests of the gamer at heart of Tony Clark and Rob Manford. there's no disputing that. Uh, but I, I don't think people will have a whole lot of sympathy or stomach for any kind of long labor interruption, and I think both sides know that. So me being an optimist at heart, I think they'll come to an agreement. I hope that 22 will start on time and I hope that we'll, we'll we'll get to a system that that is beneficial for the younger players, because if you get Patisse and Acuna and all these guys like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. to the major leagues faster, you turn people on more and people want to watch more. and, Uh, You know, I I get frustrated because the players talk about service time manipulation. The owners aren't manipulating anything. They're playing within the rules that were collectively bargained and agreed to by the players. I don't like that system. Work hard to change that. Uh, Do I think it should be changed? Probably. Um, But then there has to be some protection for the owners because they don't want to lose their assets sooner than they have to. And that's certainly understandable. I would assume that that's the correct thing of uh, uh, the impasse, as it were, that they've got to try to work their way through here the uh, next several months. And and again, as an optimist, I'm confident they will. It may be ugly, as they say. If you like sausages and laws, don't watch them being made. (laughs) And uh, that's always the case in labor negotiations, no matter the sport. Baseball is no exception.
1: Chip Carey here. A couple more quick things for you. Was Sunday the final World Series game without the Universal DH as an NL guy? I, I love the fact that there's no DH in the National League, but am I a dinosaur? Are we done with that? After is that something that's going to come up in this next round of? I think so. Yeah, I mean, if
6: you watch pitchers hit the National League, it'll make you want to puke. So I think <laughs> uh, uh, you know, nobody bunts. I mean, when you get in the World Series, right. they to the pitcher anyway. So I mean, it's it's you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, I, I was anti DH, but last year when we had it, I kind of liked it, to be honest with you, their strategy, it's strategy of a different kind. Yeah, I did like Jason Stark's idea of the double hook, meaning if you're going to have the DH, uh, you can use your DH until you pull your starter yeah. and then you have to, then you have to play the national league style rules. I don't know if the players association will go for that because it'll depress the DH numbers, which means salaries get depressed, blah, 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 blah. But from an inherent strategy and mixing and melding both worlds, I think that would be a wonderful way to do it. Um, whether that happens or not, I don't know, but to answer your question. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Kendall Graveman probably going to be the last, last, uh, pitcher to hit in the world series. And Zach Greinke will be the last one with a hit. And, uh, for those of us who are dinosaurs it's the end of an era, but as we say, adapt or die. Speaking of
1: dinosaur, I'm kidding. When I, when I talk about cowboy Joe West here, uh, of course, Greenville native, uh, yeah. and, uh, he's, uh, hanging him up. Uh, what is your favorite Joe West moment or story?
6: Uh, I was doing games with the Chicago Cubs, and I was walking into Rick Field. Joe West just released his latest country CD. I don't remember what year it was. Um, Walking in, the umpires were walking in as well, and I said, Jeff, you on WGN today? I said, yeah, Joe, how you doing? He said, hey, I just released my new CD. Will you uh, you pub this up on air today? I said, well, I I think I can. I mean, I'll I'll ask my boss, but I don't think there's a problem. He said, look, just go ahead and do it. If you if if you sell enough copies, I promise I'll retire. I said, Joe, I'll talk about an all nine innings if you want that, and he laughed and I laughed. Uh, look, Joe West is uh, you know he's had a wonderful career, uh, great guy, great ambassador for the game, and to pass and break the record of Bill Clem, who by the way, all those years Bill Clem umpired most of the time he worked behind the plate. Think mm. about that. We yeah. didn't have the umpire rotations. It was mostly balls and strikes for Bill Clem. Uh, I think Joe got kind of a bad rap in this regard. He's kind of looked at as kind of a hard butt uh, on the field. But the reason for that was he said, there's a rule book. And all I wanted to do is officiate the game by the letter of the law. And I don't make the laws. My job is to hand them down. And uh, I think that his unwavering unwavering, um, ability to apply the rule book fairly to everybody and by the letter of the law was great. It's noted and uh, there will be very, very few guys like him in in a sport where everyone's trying to be bland and vanilla and unnoticed. Joe West certainly wasn't that. for that. I'm grateful for a a job well done, and and, uh, hopefully we'll be able to hoist one uh, somewhere along the way. (laughs) Congratulations, because it is well-deserved. He's had a great career. I
1: just hope you got a a compact disc off the shoulder, at least highly discounted, and I'm I'm sure it was heavy.
6: It's in the the playlist somewhere. I don't know where, but uh, that was – all the other guys I can't remember who's on his group, but they all die laughing. I wonder if Joe was gonna hit me or laugh, but luckily he laughed. <laughs> hey, uh, Braves win tonight if. Uh, Braves win tonight if Max Fried pitches like Max Fried did at the end of the season. Uh, the Braves offense is steady and consistent, keeps adding on. Uh, the bullpen, which is rested, does its job. And uh, the Braves catch the ball. You know, catch the ball, make the plays. Yeah. Uh, you know, play a clean game, play your game. And play with confidence. I think the Braves can do those things. They've been good on the road all year. They won game one after all. Uh, they're not intimidated by any situation. they faced adversity all year. Uh, but as I said, this isn't going to be handed to them. That's a good Houston team. They've been through the wars. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Atlanta did that to the Dodgers. I would use that as a motivational tool to go against one of the best teams they've matched up with, and that's the Astros with the chance to the AL tonight.
1: Atlanta wins tonight. MVP is likely who for Atlanta? Oh,
6: boy. That's a good question. Um, you know, you could say Austin Riley for his offense. You mentioned Eddie Rosario for his offense. Uh, you might have to give it to the guys in the bullpen mm. uh, with the job that Natsik and Minzer and those guys have done collectively. They've done remarkable work. I mean, Brian Snicker has said as much. <laughs> with, the, with more innings pitched by the bullpen than the starters, they've really had to shoulder, if you'll pardon the pun, of a very, very heavy load. And uh, it would seem somewhat fitting to me that in this era of bullpenning games that a reliever wins that uh, that award. But uh, I don't even want to throw it out in the universe that we're going to jinx it. So we'll just see what happens. Play a clean game. Get three or four early. Add on late. Get your bullpen in the game in the 6th, 7th, maybe even the 8th inning if Freed is dominant. And uh, let's have a parade in Atlanta. It's been way too long, as you said, at the start of our chat.
1: Yep. Hey, uh, great to talk to you, Chip. Appreciate it very, very much. And uh, best of luck to Atlanta tonight
6: all the best. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much. All
1: right, there he goes, Chip Carey. We'll be back tomorrow, 5 o'clock, with Stan Cotton of Wake Forest and more.
0: Pirate fans, single-game tickets are on sale now for as low as $20 for three great games to come. East Carolina will take on the Bulls of South Florida, the Temple Owls for Hall of Fame weekend, and then Thanksgiving weekend, it's nationally ranked Cincinnati. For tickets, go to ecupirates.com.
3: You can paint this one purple.
6: at union bank we understand you live life on the go that's why our banking options are designed to serve you wherever you are meet with us in person at one of our local branches complete banking tasks on the go from the mobile app or bank from your office with convenient remote deposit and cash management services whether you're managing a busy schedule or an entire business we're right there with you with helpful tools call or visit us online at unionbanknc.com at union bank we're everywhere you need us to be union bank